Josh Todd and his band Buck Cherry have been rocking the music scene for years, wowing fans around the globe with a commitment to a unique rock and roll sound, an unmistakable voice, and a charismatic stage presence all their own. We caught up with the 51-year-old rocker, father, and grandfather, yes, grandfather, from his home in L.A. this week, while on a short break from their current tour, to hear all about the band's latest release, their ninth studio album, Hellbound which Todd promises to be the band's best yet. This is a Life Minute with Josh Todd. Hi, Josh. Hey, what's happening? Thanks so much for doing this. So how are you doing? You know, I'm home for a second. I've uh, been out on the road. Uh, we started the Hellbound Tour about uh, three and a half weeks ago, and um, it's just been going really great. You know, it's, it's great to be back on stage and after everything we've been through. And, you know, we were sitting on this record since October of 2020. So, you know, it's, it's nice that it's come full circle and it's about to get out, you know, because it's, it's so good. Um, tell us about it. Um, you know, what can fans expect from it? And what was it like recording it, you know, during quarantine? I mean, they can expect a great record. You know, we spent a lot of a lot of time on it. And, um, you know, historically, whenever this band's been kind of backed up against the wall, like we were with COVID and dealing with a lot of adversity, we always seem to make our best records. And this is definitely one of the best records and very proud of it. We spent a lot of time on the songwriting. You know, we wrote about 28 songs for a 10 song record and it really paid off. How challenging was it doing it during this time? It wasn't challenging because we had a lot of time on our hands. I think what was challenging was just, you know, dealing with the tension that was going on in America at that time. I mean, there was just so many factors with the election and the protesting and the, the gun violence and everything. It was, uh, it was a lot, you know, it was a lot to like try to get away from a lot of negative energy to uh, kind of hunker down and, and, and just focus on what we knew we could uh, manage. And that was uh, making a great record. How has it been being back on the road? Uh, it's been amazing. Um, you know, I mean, we never really took it for granted, but like, you know, to have it just kind of pulled out from underneath you. And we, we had a whole year of touring booked, you know, on the War Paint record for 2020 and it just got removed, you know, so that, that was uh, really challenging for us. And as musicians and just musicians across the board, not just us, but everybody who had their livelihoods kind of stripped from them and the crew guys and everything, you know, um, cut to now being back on stage. I mean, we really appreciate it. Not like we didn't before, but it's got a different kind of feeling now. I'm looking at what you guys just put out. You said when you started this, you didn't realize how much responsibility it was going to be. Well, you know, when you start, when you start it, you just think it's going to be like a party, you know, shows and after shows and craziness, you know, and nonsense. And it was going to be a lot of fun. And it was just going to be, you're going to be whisked away on, you know, private jets. You're going to have hitch songs and, amazing accommodations and it's going to be uh, crazy and it's just not the case you know it's a it's really a lot of work and really your band is a small business uh, when you start out and you want to build it into a big business so you have to start learning how to become a smart business person on top of uh, an artist and all that is really challenging after 22 years and nine records uh, I found my uh, my place in the whole thing and learned a lot and now it's a lot more manageable but you know Along the way, that was a lot of growing pains. How would you describe Buck Cherry for new fans? I think Buck Cherry is definitely an acquired taste. It's a very, a very unique flavor of rock and roll. You know, where when you hear a Buck Cherry song, you know it's Buck Cherry, and I'm very proud of that. Um, it's honest, and um, you're always going to get your money's worth when you go to the live show. And that's that's what I can say about Buck Cherry. And 
personally, I can only speak from my, for myself. I'm, I'm very driven and very passionate about um, music in general and, and songwriting and my craft and singing. And I'm a real student of the game. I got this new like kind of incantation that I tell myself before I go on stage. I just, I get back there and I'm, I'm getting grateful. I get in the gratitude, but then I just, I just say to myself, if this was the last one, how is it going to play out? How are you going to do this one? Because if it's the last one, let's do it like it's the last one, you know? And um, that seems to be really uh, working for me right now. I, I'm really enjoying that one. And what inspires you to create? Passion, first and foremost. You know, I'm, I'm very passionate about songs and songwriting. And, you know, from the moment I heard uh, songs being played in my home, you know, by my mother and uh, she used to put on records and clean the house, you know, and and I just remember those records, you know, Willie Nelson and Kenny Rogers and the Eagles and Rod Stewart. And those were the, as soon as I started listening to songs, I was just like, this is awesome. I just love the melodies. I love the words. And I just got really into just being a, a fan of music at that point. So it was just really the love of music. And, and like I said, it was just something that I gravitated towards from a very early age. And I didn't know that this was going to be my path. I just knew, knew that I loved it. And then uh, I kind of was uh, into creative writing at one point, you know, as in my youth. And I was really good at creative writing and writing poems and just, you know, putting putting words down. And cut to, I got into my first band in high school and wrote my first original composition. And I was like, this is it. That was it. That was like the moment. And then I wasn't really a singer at that point. I just started developing my voice at that point because I had a knack for the, the writing aspect. You know, people see you on stage and they say you're the best they've ever seen, your presence. Did you like, did you have that when you were younger? Was there anybody that you, you know, aspired to be like or just loved seeing? I got to say, you know, uh, I, would, I would like to, I could just name a bunch of singers and that would be like the, the thing that you could say. And, and that's definitely part of it. But I, I was really into dirty comedy as a kid, you know, I mean, I love stand-up comedians. Me and my cousin used to go down in the basement of his house and we would watch George Carlin videos and Sam Kinison and, and Richard Pryor. And um, I, you know, as, as an art form, I looked past just the dirty comedy aspect. Oh, we're listening to dirty comedy and we're, we're, we're too young for this. And, you know, that, that was, but we had very open parents. They didn't really give a shit that we were down there watching dirty comedy. So what it was for me was I used to be fascinated with George Carlin and how he wrote all his bits and he put them all together. And he was very, very um, articulate and uh, just a master at, you know, the game of stand-up comedy. And I was really into that aspect of it. You know, um, I was fascinated with him. I was fascinated with Sam Kinison that, you know, he was at one point a, uh, a pastor, you know, at a church and, and he was very commanding, amazing pastor i don't know if you've ever heard like some of sam kinison's old tapes of him being a pastor it's it's pretty it's pretty extraordinary and then he just became this amazing com comedian and i got to meet him at one point i think they they were huge influences on me just like stevie wonder and james brown and prince and you know all all the artists that i looked up to and you know as, as singers but putting that all together i kind of i think kind of shapes me as an as an artist and makes me uh i guess you know a little bit unique in my own way you know and tell us about how, you know, Buck Cherry came together. Oh, Buck Cherry uh, came together 
I think I want to say 96 or somewhere around there. I was just writing songs on a four track in my, my apartment. You know, I was wearing out my bed. It would have this like slant because I'd sit on the corner and track guitars and sing. I had a little four track. Um, I had been in a band prior to that for like five years and we, we came very close to, to really having some success and thank God we didn't cause we were all really bad, uh, alcoholics and drug addicts, you know, so cut to, I was trying to find the right, you know, people to form another band. And, and that's when I met Keith. I met him through my tattoo artist, Kevin Quinn at the time he was tattooing me and Keith worked across the street. And, and then we just started, uh, you know, we just started chatting and then got him over to the house. And we just started kind of demoing on the four track to see if we had any kind of chemistry, you know, and, and then we, we, we wrote a few songs that we really liked and then we got the band together and that's really how it started. And then you broke up for a little bit and came back together. Yes. Yes, we had a good we had a good run. What's next for Buck Cherry? What's next is Hellbound drops June 25th and it's amazing. We're really excited for it to hit the streets, you know. It's our ninth record. It marks 22 years in the game and we're going to be out doing what we do best and that's being on stage uh, you know, bringing this to the people, you know. So, I just encourage all your viewers to come out and celebrate with us. You have kids and you're married. How do you juggle Three. it all? Three kids. I got three kids and a grand and a granddaughter. Yeah, it's crazy. If you would have told my 20 year old self that I was going to have three kids at some point, I, I got to honestly tell you, I never thought I would live past 30. Honestly, you know, I was a horrible drug addict and alcoholic at one point. I, I was part, I started partying at 13 and I, and I, I stopped drinking and using drugs at 23. So I'm just blessed. I'm so grateful that I, um, I had the opportunity to, to be a father, you know, and a husband and, and I have not done it gracefully and, and, um, but there's a lot of things that I have done well and I just love my children so much and cherish the time that I get to spend with them. Cause I do spend a lot of time away and we all have a really great relationship. That's, that's what it's been for me. It's been amazing. What are some tips for keeping romance alive? Wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm still learning. I'm still learning those tips, but, um, being an open book and being honest in all your affairs, you know, that's, that's very important. That's, that's a big one. You know, making sure that you are empathetic and spend a lot of time, as much time as you can with each other and, and really become a good listener as a man. That's, you know, I can only speak as a man because I'm not a woman, but I know as a man, being a good listener and, and being empathetic is, is something that I'm really, I really work on and gratitude for sure. When you're not working, what are your favorite ways to relax and things to do to relax? I have a lot of things uh, I do. Um, I picked up tennis again. I played it when I was a kid, not, not like, a, like uh, competitively, but I played it for a little while. And then I just started watching the tennis channel out on the road and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get into tennis. And whenever I commit to something, I, I, I get very obsessive with it because that's my, uh, my personality. And so I just started playing a lot of tennis. And um, because at one point I was like racing go-karts for a hobby and that took a lot of time away from home because it was so far away from the house and, and I had to stop oh, that. And no, um, that, so, that my husband does it. My son does it. Ugh. Oh yeah, yeah. So, you know, so, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's like a whole day out at the track and it's a lot, you know, so, um, and then you got to practice and that's a whole nother day. And so it was, and being a touring musician, I just didn't have enough time. So. I started playing tennis and I, I really love it. And then I'm, I go fishing a lot. So on the road, I'll like either go fishing or play some tennis on my days off and, and at home as well. I'll take my son, we'll go fishing. 
any music you listen to of today that you like? I mean, I, I just buy songs, you know, um, and I listen to a lot of pop and hip hop. I, I always have. So um, I can like go on a playlist and tell you some some uh, some bands that I'm really liking right now. Uh, there's this band called Surfaces and uh, they're a pop act, but they're they've just got a really cool flavor. You should check out some of their live performances on YouTube. Really, really, uh, really cool band. And, you know, they're young and doing great. I, I love Justin Bieber, too. So I, I buy a lot of Justin Bieber songs. And then um, as far as like hip hop, I like, uh, you know, Rich Homie Kwan, uh, you know, um, Spot Him Got Him. I like him. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but, uh, you know, I love Post Malone, of course. Travis Scott is amazing. Stuff like that. Drake. What's something no one knows about you? Oh, man. Something no one knows about me. You know what? I'll, I'll tell you something no one knows about me. I've always been obsessed with uh, shoe wear. Okay. So since I was a little boy, my mother would get me like a pair of Vans, right? And every day I would look at the bottom of my shoes and see how fast I was wearing the soles out because I knew that once they become came flat, like there was no traction that I could talk my mother into getting a new pair of shoes. So um, I have to this day, I've been always obsessed with shoe wear. And now I like, I look at my soles every day and then I get my own pair of shoes when I'm ready. But that's something I do that's kind of silly. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, my 12-year-old niece who's obsessed with you wants me to ask you what your favorite color is. I promised I would. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I know everybody, my wife tells me all the time, black is not a color. She's asked me that many times. What's your favorite color? So I say black. She says it's, it's not a color. So I go, okay, red. So I, red is red. I like red for my favorite color. And then on the second one would be green. <laughs> You're allowed to say black. I say black. <laughs> <laughs> but I wear I wear black all the time. Is there anything you want to tell us that we didn't cover? Go check out our videos on YouTube. So Hot and Hellbound is already out. We're going to be dropping another one here pretty soon. And, you know, our goal is to make a video for every song on the record. So uh, look out for that as well. Thank you so much. You're awesome. Yeah, Thank you as you. well. Good questions. It was nice meeting you. So nice to meet you too. Have a great tour. All right. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye. To see more of this interview, visit our website, lifeminute.tv. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Life Minute TV.